Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're currently listening to the free version of Let Me Talk. If you want longer, ad-free episodes, even earlier, head to lmtpod.com to find out how you subscribe. Let me talk! Let me talk! Let me talk! Let me talk! Well, now that you've had time to calm down from Saturday evening, I want to start today's Let Me Talk with a question. Beware football cliches and Brian's gun, because this is an age-old question that has bugged football pundits for a long, long time. One point gained or two points dropped? There we go. I got it out of the way really early. Let's find out. I'm David Mooney. With me is the Athletic City correspondent, Sam Lee. Hello, Sam. I can confirm that was one take. <laughs> and uh, the other side of things is Brian's gun has never done that that sort of uh, one one gained or two dropped. I don't know if it's I don't know if it's possible. Oh, I, don't yeah, know if it's, I, I don't know if it's a sound, if it's sound bitey enough. It'll be in the post, I reckon. But secondly, no one gives a fuck about this enough to know what we're saying or not. So <laughs> we can go through as many cliches as we want. And also Good. another thing to pick you well, one thing to pick you up on. I'm not sure many people will have calmed down. Um, do, you, do you reckon not? If they've made it to the stage of bargaining or acceptance or whatever, <laughs> then of listening to this podcast, then it shouldn't be too bad. Yeah, well, we'll we'll kind of hold your hand then through the stages of grief, shall we? Because it's uh, it's certainly. Mm. Uh, I, I, I'm coming at this from a point gained position, so I'm I'm actually quite chipper and all right about it. So I don't know, I don't know how everybody else is feeling. Um, Sam, we'll we'll get into the, the like the actual details of the game uh, shortly, um, but immediately there's like. I know the reaction has been, well, that's blown the title race wide open, hasn't it? And it's just kind of like, I, I, do, I want to address just first off how ridiculous that is. Um, because I saw I saw a couple of um, kind of like uh, newspaper journalists with like columns off the, off the back of that game that had said things like um, like Chelsea had found a, a, a weakness in City and shown like a potential flaw. And like a fortnight ago, you were having a go at them for, <laughs> for talking about how inevitable this treble was. Yeah, I mean, in fairness, I don't think there's much of an overlap in the people who are doing it. But like this this blueprint idea, we were laughing about this earlier in the season. And actually, it was after the four-all against Chelsea. People were talking about a blueprint to play in City. It's just, like, there's there's very few original opinions in football media, to be honest. Um, and then when you get to City losing, um, well, I don't know, City in general, apart from all the, oh, what's going on there, cheating stuff. it's this team were unstoppable. And then when they drop points, it's, oh my God, what's going on there? <laughs> and there's no real, there's no real normalcy in between really. So I can't, I can't even be asked to go into it. Like I've been asked for work to submit a, a vid, uh, an audio clip 
I'd like have City open the title race again. I was like, well, it's only open if you ever thought it was closed. And why would you think it was closed? Like I've said before, fair play. Like if people want to sit and say, you know, if if I see a newspaper columnist or a TV reporter saying City are going to win fourteen games in a row, like I think it's a bit daft because you can never guarantee it. But to be fair, they always do it, so I, I can't really argue. But <laughs> you just can't say the title race is over, especially when Arsenal beat Liverpool. By the way, yeah. It's yeah. Not, what a strange time to just like it's not like Arsenal lost at Burnley and Liverpool lost at Sheffield United and then City battered Brentford. Then I could kind of be like, oh well this is heading one way. But if one like title challenger beats another one and looks quite good doing it, probably better give them a chance. And look, I know City are the strongest team and just because well, there, there they is- got points yesterday. We're not like we probably still think City will win the league, and so do the pundits who think it's over. But you just can't have it both ways, where everyone acts like it's sewn up. In any, you know, whether this was before City, I remember going back to the old days when United were in title races. It was exactly the same thing. United would win on a Saturday, everyone would say the title race is over. Chelsea would win on a Sunday, and they go, "Oh, the title race is alive." The other team wouldn't have even dropped points. It's just like, why are we so stupid? But anyway, it's not going to change. There is a, an interesting dynamic this season that Guardiola City have never had before in that it could well be a three-way race until a lot later in the season. Um, and I'm interested to see how that goes as well, especially as when you actually look at City's head-to-head record with the teams around them. It's not great this season. No, it isn't. Um, but they're still up there anyway. But no, it isn't. Um, but that, I mean, that is more of, an, of a factor than... Again, it being a three-horse race. Guardiola was asked about it being a three-horse race um, on Friday and whether that changes the approach or whether it makes any difference. But when you think about it, what are you expecting the answer to be? Yeah, you can't win your own matches anyway. You, just, you, you still focus have, on yeah, yourself anyway. still win your own games. It's irrelevant. So then it, it is, but it is more relevant then, you know, the results against other top teams because obviously Chelsea was the star. Obviously, there's, there's Bournemouth away, which nobody's expected to be that difficult until it actually rolls around and now people will start going, oh, God. But Chelsea was the start of that run against big-name teams that basically lasts until the end of April, probably the Spurs away game. Um, and look, it's already started, not brilliantly. So, yeah, that is that is a factor. But I still, I'm still expecting City to kick into gear, but to probably bring us into the first Chelsea game-related topic, as long as players like Bernardo and Stones are available, and Rodri, obviously, then... It should be more like City. Going back to that game at Old Trafford when I was like, there's loads of different ways to beat United, but if they wanted to do it in a City way, you needed Bernardo to do it. I feel like that was it yesterday. They could have beat Chelsea, but it wouldn't have been in the, in the classic City control dominate game. If they'd have beaten Chelsea in the end yesterday, from the, an hour onwards, if they'd have turned that around, if they'd have scored after Rodri scored the equaliser, it wouldn't have been because they, in my opinion, Guardiola kind of talked slightly differently, so maybe I'm wrong. But it, it, I don't think it was because they solved the problems that Chelsea were causing them. They just would have overpowered them in a different way and it would have been Haaland taking his chances. It wouldn't have been City doing it in a City way. And they could still win the title doing it in a non-City way. But to kind of sum up my closing arguments after five minutes, Haaland needs to score the goals. Mm. Because if they haven't got control yeah. and they haven't got Haaland scoring the goals, then it's not happening. But and I'm not being doom and gloom because the chances are one of those two at least will happen. Yeah, well, let's um, let, let's look at the performance then, because I, I, I'm I'm interested in this to start with because people aren't going to like this because um, I know everyone's unhappy with the way that they played. But uh, I know Guardiola talked a lot about the performance in the first half and that uh, he felt 
like the second half display was better. And I'm not saying that I agree fully here, but I do know what he means. And here's what he said after the game about why the team didn't start particularly well. It is not once, otherwise it's easy. I change it. It's different once. It's just a vibe. Team is a team. Team means everybody's involved, you know? The build-up is not good, the people in the middle there, well, perhaps press maybe is not good, we learned a lot of duels, like we lost in Stanford Bridge, in second half after the ball, we won it. So there are many, many, many concepts that helps to have the tempo of the game, that uh, against a team well-organized, and I want the quality they have, and all the departments, and, and the players, so we know it, so it's a really good team. Brilliant future, present future, and we knew it. We spoke about that yesterday press conference with the team. So they have, they make a little bit click. They play really good, good talent players. So we know it. So, um, and and but sometimes they yeah, play a lot of games, travel to Copenhagen. So <laughs> the rest and is is less, and you know, and and. And these kind of things, but uh, we prepare. Sometimes we need, and after when we realize we react, it's happened. So we can, as a manager, cannot expect during all the games being and, and top top. Yeah, we were able to, yeah, to draw, and at the end we could win for the chances and for the the purpose. You know, the second half we see, okay, I like I like this team. So we defend well, we we play really good in the both sides. We lot of crosses, chances in the five meters. So. And other things that it's what it is. And earlier in the press conference, when he was asked for his overall assessment of the game, uh, this is what he said: We don't perform our level in the first half, and when you play teams that composer and prestigious like Chelsea, you have to perform 94, 95 minutes at your best. We start to play after I concede a goal, like to make oh, what happened here, and we were not in our best and. Yeah, it can happen, the transitions, when you are near best, you can see transitions, and it's happened, but after we react like we are, and we create a lot, a lot, a lot, uh, of course they had the one or two transitions for the quality, because had the ability to keep the ball and grab a good runners up front, and yeah, the result is that. So obviously, first half performance not great, kept letting Chelsea in behind. Uh, second half performance pinned them back a lot more. Did City deserve to win? Here's what he thinks. The way we play, we deserve to win, yes or yes. First half was tied, they had the chances in transition. We had two or three clear two. Uh, but the second half, or the last 10 minutes, five, 10 minutes, first half, second half was really, really good the way we played. And we did everything, and sometimes it happened, we were close. and. Always they have chances in transition, but I could not expect differently when I saw the game against Aston Villa or the game against uh, which was the last one I played against uh, Crystal Palace. So it's Chelsea, you know, Chelsea Football Club. So I know they are so young, everything okay, but they are a fantastic team. So it can happen. And for that team, you have to perform 94, 95 minutes. It was not complete. Saying that, that it's happened for a man of games. We play to win, so no doubt about that. The chances that we had, we deserve it. So there's a definite disconnect there, Sam, between what he says and the perception of the performance. And I, I also wonder if there's a disconnect between what he says and how he actually thinks about the performance, um, because like, you, like there's there's only so much you can discount it being um, like he's he's fighting for his players in the press conference, but he'll tell him what what he really thinks in the dressing room, sort of thing. Um, 
so I like the truth is probably somewhere in the middle of all of that. But is it is the perception the way it is purely because of the of the of, of the start that City made, the fact that Chelsea got in behind what three times um, and scored on the third one, and then actually when you look at the xG and the, the total shots that City had, they did create a lot. They did they did create chances to to score in the second half, especially. Um, or is it ultimately that they drew the game, and that's why people think it was a bad performance? Well, I mean, I. I'm not going to go too much for now into why people think a certain way. I'll just go with what I think, which is probably the best way to start. Mm. Um, So I I was kind of surprised when you suggested that people might disagree with Guardiola saying the first half was was not good and the second half was better because I thought that was objectively the case. At halftime, I was thinking... thinking, I'm I'm thinking more... Yeah, I'm thinking more of the overall performance. I'm thinking people might disagree with the fact that he says um, after the second half he saw his team. He felt they were. He felt like he felt a lot better with the team because by the second half people want changes. They want they want to see City doing normal City things, and it didn't feel like they were doing that. They were certainly playing better, but they weren't playing to the sort of style and level that we expect them. And I think that's what people might disagree with. Okay, fine. But that and yeah, that that is fine. I. I... I can't say I've got a particular handle on that for whatever reason. Um, but yeah, I, I, feel, I think that's just objectively true. Um, but I would say it was more the last half hour. And I would say, personally, it was, it was more because Chelsea started sitting back. Um, and obviously, I don't know, people might listen to this podcast uh, for perspective or whatever, or maybe they're annoyed that, you know, I, I would say 99% of the time I'm either agreeing with Guardiola or just giving him the benefit of the doubt. And I've, assuming I'm not going to change, you know, I'd argue that I'm right not to change. Uh, but it, th- this isn't one of those cases. Like, I agree in the sense that they, they were better second half than the first. Um, if people disagree with that, I'd disagree with them. But when Guardiola said, we deserve to win, yes or yes, I, I, immediately I was like, no chance, no chance. Because Chelsea could have said exactly the same thing. And it wasn't just in the first half they had chances. Like we spoke to Carl Walker, which, you know, there'll be, there'll be stuff for that um, in the members bit at the end. Um, and he said, um, oh, they, had a, they had a chance from, from Sterling in the first half with the, the Edison save. But other than that, I'm not sure. It's like, are you, are you mad? Like there was obviously the, the double Edison save, which may have been a Walker own goal for the first one if, if Edison hadn't saved it. But there was also when they played, when Gallagher, Passed it. Gallagher dropped in deep from well. Basically, Gallagher was taking up good positions um, between City's lines, and it was the forwards who were generally dropping deep. But in this case, he kind of took up a good position, flicked it out to Palmer. Gallagher ran in behind. Palmer volleyed it in behind. They got they got through through Gallagher, and he played it in towards Jackson. I think Jackson would have been offside anyway, but it was a bit of a weird pass, and Jackson messed up the touch anyway, which is almost like what happened in the first half when Gusto messed up the pass and Jackson messed up the control. Like, there was too many of those happening and they only really stopped I thought you know I said earlier on when if City had to turn that game around it wouldn't have been because they kind of fixed it in my opinion it's because or at least partly because Chelsea then decided to sit back they didn't really have that outlet left and that's when I feel City started to make the chances they didn't really maybe they did solve the problem and that's what forced Chelsea to sit back but basically I thought Chelsea created enough first half and second half even when City had improved in the second half to believe that they thought they should have won the game. I feel like, you know, Guardiola said they had two or three clear chances. I mean, obviously there's Haaland, which we'll look at. I thought the biggest and most obvious chance he missed was the one in the second half when De Bruyne crossed with his left foot from the left, the header. 
Um, obviously, there was one in the first half, which I don't think was as clear cut, but it was still a big chance. And obviously, if you t- if you if you start talking about putting those away, fair enough. But I think in terms of the quality of the chances Chelsea created, as consistently as they did over about an hour, as opposed to City creating them for about half an hour. And okay, some of those ones that Chelsea had would have been offside, or it was poor decision making, or it was bubbly. But we always talk about the beauty of City in a lot of games, or even when they're struggling, it's because there's chances to create chances. And it's the feel you get where, okay, City might not have had a shot on target, but they're doing the right things. Chelsea were doing the right things for about an hour, and City didn't really have an answer. And so mm-hmm. where Guardiola says we deserve to win, yes or yes, I don't know if that was him putting a brave face on it, or he, you know, just that's genuinely how he feels. But I just, I just hundred percent disagreed on that because I just thought Chelsea were good, um, City weren't good first half, and then yeah, they improved. But like we say, it, it was just a kind of case of, okay, now you've got all these this front five on the pitch who are excellent footballers. Obviously, they changed with Bernardo, and there were tactical changes too. But in the first half, it just seemed like, well, that's how it's going to have to be. And I, I used the quote on Twitter. I used it in a live article, which was published on full time. I think I pro- may have used. I think I did use it in the longer article as well. But that thing about Guardiola saying Haaland and De Bruyne—they don't make us play good, but they win matches. And look, there's—it's not just about Pauls. It's not just about build-up. It's about off the ball. It's about you know Diaz defending on the halfway line. If they're going to break, you got to get in there, get in their back, stop them doing it. It's all those different things. Edison playing out. It's everything. But it, but it, if it does nothing else, it's shot. It shines a light on Haaland and De Bruyne, and you'd have to say Doku as well. And it's not like lumping him in because I'm lumping him in with great players, but it's lumping him in with players who they give stuff, and they don't. Like, De Bruyne doesn't take away too much, but the others can do. But with that kind of performance, when you haven't got the control of the match, you haven't got the usual powers, you haven't got that city style, and it's just about individual brilliance, which they've got in abundance. You've got to make it pay. Um, Haaland obviously didn't uh, probably end up saying the same things he did last week against Everton against Everton last week that is exactly what he should do and it's hard to expect somebody to score 50 goals a season every season but if you don't do anywhere near as much as your teammates and they've got to adapt completely which to be fair they have managed although maybe I can jam to go into the middle it's because they need the extra man in there whereas if Haaland wasn't playing yeah We'll come to that. You wouldn't need it. Yeah, exactly. You wouldn't need it. So if you're you're not taken away from the team, but you're not, and it's not like he does nothing else. Guardiola actually mentioned that, and one of the things he mentioned was oppression, which fine. And the other thing he mentioned was like good body language and always g and his teammates up. It's like we're on to fucking body language already after two things: scoring and pressing. <laughs> like the, the other thing's aura, like, and that's fine because when you're scoring fifty goals, it's fine, and also that is a sizable thing. But when everyone else does so much more and they're making allowances for you, you've got to hold up your end of the bargain, mate. And Doku, Doku was similar as to last week, but again, against Everton, I was I was speaking to somebody afterwards and he was highlighting how he'd seen um, Sean Dyche's like, coach's voice masterclass thing. And he says like he doesn't want to defend the wide areas so much. You can have the wide areas, they'll pack the box. And that was part of the issue for Doku last week. If they've got nine men in the box, then it's going to be hard. Once you've done your job, your main thing you do, get to the byline, if you've got to then try and find an option, it's difficult. It's a fair play. And there was a bit of that against Chelsea. Because he was getting to the line, but it was that kind of thing we've seen since the Brighton game, since the Bournemouth game. I've seen a bit more of it. But then, to be fair, it's the Gordon Ramsay meme again. De Bruyne's crossing wasn't up to much. There was that one, 
And the unfortunate thing for City was Haaland missed the header. Mm. But when City got in those positions a lot, and I was actually thinking at the start of the game, De Bruyne has obviously been great since he come back, and this isn't a, this isn't building up to a, a criticism whatsoever. He's obviously got lots of assists, but I don't remember him getting the type of assist from his right hand side position crossing to the back post for Haaland. It's not a criticism at all. But then it would just—I thought that it just came to me for whatever reason during the game yesterday, early on, and then obviously towards the end. He was going into that position a lot and trying it, but the crosses just weren't very good. So then you've got your players there, the, the three most capable of individual brilliance, you'd probably say. Um, unfortunately, on the day, they, they didn't do it. Um, again, I wouldn't be too downbeat about it because chances of at least two of the three not doing it again consistently is pretty small. Um, so it's probably going to be all right, even if we even if we keep looking at Akanji Alvarez situations. Coming up after a short ad break, there'll be more chat about that one-all draw with Chelsea. See you shortly. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Let Me Talk is sponsored by you, the listeners. The best way to support the podcast is by subscribing via Memberful. You can pay as little as £2 per month, which gives you early access to all our podcasts ad-free, and they're packed with even more content. That gives you even more minutes of us to fill up your week. Subscribing is really easy and the longer episodes will integrate seamlessly with your podcast app of choice, be it Spotify or Apple. Head over to lmtpod.com for more information on signing up and links to all of our socials. That said, though, none of that particularly matters. You know, if if De Bruyne doesn't hit it off or, you know, Doku doesn't get the ball across or Haaland doesn't make make the header, if the performance is a lot more controlled than it was. Well, yeah, exactly, because it, it becomes less about individual brilliance. It's bec- it comes, mm. maybe this is broad strokes, but if you think about the false nine era, okay, like when we had that conversation with Nadum at the end of the Pep's best signing thing, some of which has aged well, some of which maybe not, but we talked about um, Haaland's impact and he asked about the ceiling if Haaland didn't play for the rest of the season. Me and you weren't entirely convinced. And then I thought that might age badly by the time it's gone out. And also, it's a pretty mad thing to say. Like, I think Haaland does give you... He obviously, he obviously does give you an extra, an extra option, particularly when he's actually scoring. Um, but the other thing is, when it 
comes to the false nine team, and this is the broad strokes I'm I'm thinking of, they weren't they weren't really like individual brilliance players to that extent, like Haaland or Doku. But they would control the game so much. They would create so many chances that somebody's going to score one of them anyway. But mm. then where that kind of bleeds over into my point that we probably should have acknowledged when we were talking about City's ceiling for the rest of the season with Haaland or without, in the false nine days, they did have Gundogan. They did have Mares, And you might laugh, but they did have Sterling and they did have Jesus. So when Sterling and Jesus left that summer, the season before they'd scored like 35 goals between them or something, which, look, I'm not saying, I'm not, I, I am really not being reactionary and saying they shouldn't have got rid of those guys 100% not saying that and never would but there's fewer goals to share around like last season Haaland obviously got a lot um, but I, yeah I, it, I, I agree with you what you're saying if the team is in more control there's no counter attacks they're creating chances not just from minute let's say 65 to 90 but throughout it's that drip 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 someone's you know, that pressure's probably going to tell. I feel like that obviously puts you in a better position to win matches. Maybe I'm wrong because you could just argue that, ha- well, you could just argue that if Haaland had have had his, let's say, shooting boots on, that's a Brian's gun. His, if he'd had his shooting his, boots his on. His heading head, yeah. His heading head on Saturday, then they'd have won regardless. So maybe, maybe it balances each other out. But yeah, I agree in a very roundabout way of making the point. Yeah, if you've got that control and that power, that I don't, you're not relying on the individual brilliance so much. But that's what I'm saying. Because they couldn't control the game in, and they couldn't stop Chelsea's counterattacks when they were counterattacks. Sometimes they just played through them out from the back by somebody dropping off the front line into a good position, like behind behind Rodri in front of the defence, popping it out wide, running in behind, balling behind, job done. Because they were doing that as well, they couldn't City couldn't really stop it. It basically just becomes a bit of a shootout, and it's like, well, you're going to have chances, we're going to have chances. Fortunately, we got De Bruyne, we got Haaland, we got to a lesser extent Doku, because obviously his goal threat's not there yet compared to the other two. Um, obviously, you can include Foden in that as well. You can inv- involve Alvarez in that as well. But when they don't score, when they're not doing it, and also because those five are together from the start, it's all a bit less fluid. And this is this was the thing I put in my article, and also when I was watching the highlights earlier on Sunday. I searched for extended highlights and I was particularly looking for the stuff Chelsea were doing and I saw the result for the Chelsea official highlights which was like 14 minutes and I was like well this can have more Chelsea stuff in it which is kind of what I'm looking for and it's long and it's the first one I saw so go for it and apart from them mentioning City being the most expensively assembled squad (laughs) um, when they were walking out so firstly, it's not really true, but I'm not going to pick you up on that too much. What I will pick you up on is, you are Chelsea, you morons. <laughs> Do not be talking about the, 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 the price of squads. But they were talking, and, and again, like, I get this, and I'll put this in the introduction in my article. You couldn't look at that City team and say they were lacking quality. Like, ahead of, so you've got four of the defenders, without stones, fine. But four of the defenders that were huge for City winning the treble last year at different periods. Ahead of Rodri, you've got Foden's amazing. Alvarez, you can make, you know, the other the other week the point was being made to talk about selective columnists. The point was being made that he's a World Cup winner and he's this and he's that and the other. So he's great. He's got loads of look at his numbers this season. He's got X goals, he's got exorcists, he got Haaland, no introduction needed. He got De Bruyne, no introduction needed. He got Doku, who let's say everyone thinks is good. 
there's no shortage of quality there. Yeah, but they, it, they, they then but they're not lacking that craft. And if you're not lacking the craft, you don't get the same city performance. And it it's tempting to say it becomes more end to end, and it becomes more about individual brilliance. And again, just to go back to the point, if your individuals who are capable of that brilliance aren't producing the brilliance, you've got not necessarily a problem. Because, like I say, I don't think it's a, it's going to happen again and again and again. But it was a problem on Saturday. Yeah, you don't have a recipe for a, for disaster. You have a recipe for a problem, and sometimes you get the problem. Well, when I saw yeah. the team, I was like, "Well, this could be four all again." Yeah, that's the you, thing. You well, know, that's, just that that's, kind of game. That's what I was going to say. Is that like when the lineup came out and kind of like the way that City approached the game? You quite often hear that thing of, and this is a, I mean, this is Brian's gun all over again. But like on another day, like that team performs differently, yeah. and I'm not sure it does. You know what I mean? I, I'm not sure that I'm, I'm sure if you if you play that game out another hundred times with that City team. They still can't control it in the way that they want to control it, and they still end up having the same problems as, as yeah. they want. As, yeah, Bahan would have got a hat and, and nobody would be talking yeah, about it. And nobody talks about it. Yeah, and I, I want to bring this in um, from uh, John McKenzie on Twitter, who uh, I saw tweet this after the game yesterday. He said, um, "People will point at the chance creation here to say City have got a bit unlucky, but there seems to be a pattern in these games now. This season, it feels like teams find it much easier to score against City than City do to score against them. Questions about the role of play uh, style. Uh, questions about the role of play style here. Uh, yes, Chelsea barely created any chances, but when they did, it looked inevitable that they'd score. See also the last game against Chelsea." Chelsea, the Spurs game, etc., etc., and you think back to everything that happened in in the autumn and winter, and again, that all just comes back round to lacking control and and not being able to to keep a handle on the game. And all it did was remind me of the number of times I tweeted this. Uh, uh, I think just after it's either just after Sterling scored or at half time. It's like it's probably not a good idea to keep letting them run clean through like this. And like. City defending with a high line is not new. Like the way City were playing was not new, and yet Chelsea kept finding that space and they kept finding that ball in behind. I mean, you referenced two chances in the first half that they didn't score. They had the double save from Edison in the second half that that they didn't score. All of which came from finding all that space in the back line. And I don't like I, I don't understand how all of a sudden this season teams are finding it a lot easier to find that pass. And and you know if, if Jackson could finish like if Harlan could finish City of uh, City might have won if Jackson could finish Chelsea might have won yeah um, yeah that's fair I, I think we could probably tie that to probably what everyone's the burning issue from the game really and I was a bit concerned about it being confirmation bias um, because it seemed you know it was what I was thinking before the game it was the kind of thing well it was, Christ it was what we talked about after Everton last week so you know it was a <laughs> It was a topic that was on the agenda, yeah, um, so to speak. But so we were just talking then about you know you could play that same city team a hundred times and would it be any different? You know maybe the, the results would be different, but this the style of the play of the game would probably be similar. Um, so the question is, does it have to be that eleven? Yeah. Well, and this is what everyone is talking about. Yeah, we've had quite a bit of correspondence on this, so let me let me run through a few. Um, Mr. Gucci on Twitter has said, uh, for a long time, City fans have wanted Foden in the middle, but Pep hasn't put him there and cited reasons such as a lack of power, lack of defensive awareness. Then Foden starts getting played there and he's done so well, but he's been moved out wide to accommodate Alvarez. Then we have Alvarez, who even the uneducated in the game can see is struggling in the middle. It seems obvious to me that Foden plays in the middle over Alvarez. Uh, Miles got in touch to say, why do you think Pep persists with shoehorning Alvarez into the team? The immediate argument is for his sense of goal, but in our defensive 4-4-2 shape against Chelsea, he was the player dropping beside Rodri in the middle. Seems a bit backwards having someone who is who their main trait is goal scoring playing deeper than the likes of De Bruyne or Foden. 
Um, and then Jack got in touch to say, clearly Alvarez and Akanji being involved within the box midfield together just doesn't work. It forces Foden to play wide and Rodri to the left-hand side, killing so much of the dynamism and quick play centrally. The pace of the game is lost and City lulled themselves into a false sense of security and not their opponents. Um, I mean, we'll come to Akanji shortly, Sam. Um, Alvarez yeah. is the, the name on, it, on everybody's yeah. lips. Yeah. But yeah, let's do it again. Um, Here's what Guardiola said about why he's picked Alvarez for uh, every Premier League game this season. Well, it's a guy with a sense of goal, the movements uh, between lines and have another guy when the teams like defend so, so deep. It happens quite often. Have a, a guy a sense of goal is important. And I think uh, he played because he deserved it. And in the absence of Erling Tumant was a key, key point with Phil. So, yeah, really good in that terms. So what do you reckon, Sam? That's true. When Haaland was out, it was very important. Haaland wasn't missed. And I would say part of that is because Alvarez was prepared to be and can be and not maybe not City's best false nine, not the best striker who can drop off the foot and link up, but he was having way more touches than Haaland does. He was more involved in the game and that lessens the need for the man in the middle, whether it's Stones or whether it's Akanji or other ways City have done it. Like recently with Guardiola going up the left, Walker up the right, everyone going down the middle. It just helps. Um, so that that's that's fine, but the thing is, it's like when these, these when the questions are coming in, and look, I'm not defending Alvarez because you'll know listening to this at the start of the season when he was banging the goals in and getting assists, I was saying, well, that's all well and good, mate, but you've got Harlem for that. You need to do a bit more. So, and I've you know I've been upfront about you know, and well, I say upfront, I've been certainly joking about his. Um, I would, I don't want, desire might be a bit strong, but certainly openness to, to, to leave. Um, you know that I've got no skin in the game with Alvarez. But when I hear stuff like shoehorning him in, if Bernardo was fit, Stones was fit. To be fair, Stones less so because he had this paid instead of one of the defenders. But if Bernardo was fit, and he played on the right, and Foden was on the bench, and Alvarez was in the middle. Well, that's shoehorning. That seems unusual. Unless there's like a fitness thing with Foden or he needs a rest or he's got a knock, whatever. Well, that seems unusual. But if you think back to Tuesday night, and again, maybe Guardiola was thinking, well, I'm going to take Alvarez out of this game because I really need him for Saturday, which again would be weird. But if you think back to Tuesday night in Copenhagen with that team, which everyone loved from the start and still does now, that's not, you know, Alvarez wasn't shoehorned into that. Again, maybe he was given a rest. But the main point, the way I should address this, and to be fair, again, I feel bad on this podcast because there's certain players we can only really say the same thing, but it does become useful for situations like this when it's like, this is the main topic that people are talking about. It's like, well, I do at least feel good that we've been talking about this for ages, regardless of the result. Um, and last week, again, a lot of people were talking about it then, but the Everton game, I was like, well, who do you play? He's not, I don't think he is being shoehorned into these games against Everton and against Chelsea because Kovacic is just back from injury. So he wasn't on the bench last week, was he, against Everton? Uh, he was back against Chelsea. Again, if he's fully fit, you'd maybe say he could have, could have done something in, in another setup. I don't know. I haven't got it clear. Um, Bernardo obviously wasn't fit enough to start. Bernardo's fit enough to start. He's starting that game. And then we can talk about whether it would have been Alvarez or Foden to come out afterwards, I would have hoped it would have been Alvarez. And I think it would have been. I, I just I just wonder because if... Because I think that would be Foden on the right, Bernardo in the middle, like it was yeah. the other night. 
But I, I just, I just wonder. I don't if think get... Alvarez. Basically, I'm just, I'm just waffling. But I don't think Alvarez is being shoehorned into the team. I think City have got very few options because of the injuries. I'm going to say that. You know, last week, obviously, when he didn't play Walker, he didn't play Bernardo, he didn't play De Bruyne. He was resting them for the games coming up. I, I don't know, but I'm going with that. And maybe I'm wrong, but I'm going with that. So therefore, with those being rested, Alvarez is in because it's like, well, who else? And then this weekend. Kovacic is out anyway, or just coming back. Bernardo can't start. Um, and then you're looking at it and you're going, look, after last weekend, if it had started Nunes against Chelsea, I'd have gone, well, that's mad. Because he was crap last weekend. What if he starts Oscar Bob wide and Foden in the middle? That, that is the one. Somebody DM'd me last week saying, I'm listening to the podcast screaming, Oscar Bob wide, Foden in the middle. Okay. Um, I, I don't know if it's like a youth player tax. I don't know if it's a size tax, physicality tax, because we've seen he loves Os- Sorry, he lo- well, he loves Oscar Bob, but he loves Rico, but he doesn't play Rico all the time. And I think there's a there's a chance. I mean, Bob, when he was younger, he was small, right? And now he's stocky, he's strong. But I still feel, and maybe this is my thoughts, and it's not accurate, but I still feel like there's a Either there's a risk or Guardiola feels like there's a risk when it comes to Lewis and Bob, you're going to get run over. Yeah, but if you can... you need to be more physical. And Foden is physical. Foden's strong. If you can come off the bench to win a game at St. James's Park in the way he did. But it's different. Yeah, but you can come on. Yeah, but this is, this is it. People he, are turned, like, he turned to him on the bench. But then where's that, where does that logic hold up? Like I've seen people saying, oh, well, you know, Chelsea, they're getting beat by Wolves or they're doing this, they're doing that. Yeah, Chelsea are weak. Chelsea got loads of problems, but if they played teams like City every week, they'd be challenging for Europe. But they've got problems against deep lying teams. City don't lie deep, so it's irrelevant. And it's almost like Bob coming off the bench, doing well for twenty minutes in a game when Newcastle are sitting back. Does that guarantee he's going to play ninety minutes against a team that aren't sitting back? They're a bit more physical. Okay, yeah, I don't, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't really see. I mean, look, there's there's an element of. If you don't, if you don't try it, you'll never know. But I'm not saying, but I'm definitely not seeing like the logic stacking up. Um, is it something? Hmm. I'm not. I'm not going to say it's impossible. I'm not going to say it would be the stupidest thing in the world to play Bob on the right and Foden in the middle. Um, and look, but also like Guardiola's logic there because he was asked the question by Dom Farrell, another journalist. Um, good lad. Ask it. He's like he's he's one of those. Basically, he was asking the question that I don't, I don't know if people would have wanted me to ask or I should have asked or whatever. But when Guardiola kept saying they didn't play well in the first half, I was like, well, I'm going to go with that. Because I feel like, and this is no, this is not me suggesting to the other two who did ask the questions that they were wrong. But I feel personally, if I'm personally asking about Akanji, like Fred did, Fred's the Brazilian lad who's fucking great, and Dom asked about Alvarez and he pitched it fantastically, he was like, it was it was all positive. Like Alvarez has been so good. Blah blah blah. Why 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 are you picking him? Guardiola might have spotted because he he spots danger when there is none. But it was a very well pitched question. When Fred asked, he was like, uh, "Without a kanji, is it kind? Of, you know, do you miss a bit?" And he was like, "You can do it." And he just shut it down completely. I feel like me personally asking those questions after City have dropped points, I'm getting nothing out of it. So I might as well try and go after something else that Guardiola's offered himself, which may be useful. So I asked, "Why why did they start?" 
um, poorly, since you mentioned it so often, kind of thing. Um, but when he when he mentioned about um, Alvarez and logic stacking up, and he was like, "Oh yeah, he's so good between the lines." An extra man when they sit deep. So watch how Sean can sit deep, are they? So, and then when you're asking him, you know, when again to go back to the first question about Foden and De Bruyne playing together, and when we asked Guardiola about that, and he was saying, you know, it was more off the ball because we we like to have a four four two. One of the number eights drops in next to Rodri, and they can't do it in the same way. Well, Alvarez was doing that yesterday. And I think we saw some of the problems with it because if he wasn't just getting done, all ends up flat. In one example, Cole, Cole Palmer, I think. So I think that was before. You know the Edison double save? Yeah, it was. I watched it they back took before. a quick free yeah. kick, but like Gallagher just stood in the middle of the pitch. Nobody spotted any kind of danger, Alvarez included. And then they switched it out to the left and it came back. And then Palmer skinned Alvarez. But like you've got something Guardiola acknowledged wouldn't be ideal happening albeit with Alvarez instead of Foden and that was part of the issue yesterday because you know he's just not wired that way and fair enough he's a striker so then the, the question loops back around why is he being shoehorned into the team I don't think he's being shoehorned into the team I feel like there's just not the other options there really and I, I said it after Everton last week and again you might say play Oscar Bob on the right Foden in the middle I could see Guardiola having equal issues with that Ultimately, you're still getting Foden in the middle. Off the ball, you might have the same issues anyway. I would say on the ball, you're definitely getting um, the progressions a bit better. Um, but again, does it have to be that way at all? Does it have to be a kanji going into the middle instead of stones? The solution at the start of the season, a lot of the time, was Walker going up the right wing. So could it have been that? That's what he changed to against Everton. Um, could it have been that if Guardiola had been fit would they have gone with Guardiola and Walker going up the wing and Akanji doesn't have to go into the middle then would would that have been a thing but then without Guardiola could you just have done it with Walker and again this is probably one of those well it is one of those times where I'm thinking if Guardiola were here now he would say yeah but this 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 and this and it might have involved well Walker being high up the pitch you've got Akanji going over to right back by the time he gets over there Sterling's already going past him and you've got an issue so it's best to keep Walker back Maybe it's that. But basically, when it comes to like shoehorning Alvarez in, why does he keep playing? Where else is it going to be? And the other point, obviously, is it's why is Foden missing out? Look, it's unfortunate for Foden. Foden's problem, City's problem in this case, is he is better, he is more versatile than Alvarez, so he can play on the right wing. We saw against Copenhagen the other night. He's not bad at it. And we've seen it loads of times before, but we've seen it recently. He's not bad at it. Alvarez doesn't play there, can't play there. It's not the same. We talked about that last week. So it's it's like a it's this complex puzzle where Bernardo Silva's injured, Gundogan's gone, Grealish is injured, so you haven't got the control, you haven't got the slowing the game down there. And to be fair, who knows if he'd have stayed fit on Tuesday night, if he'd have carried on having a good game, if he'd have played really well yesterday. But without these types of players, without Myres taking the extra touch, without even Kovacic being fit enough to be able to give you the option to do it. Not just yesterday, but maybe if he'd been fit enough for the last couple of weeks, he'd have played more and you'd have gone into the game thinking, well, I can rely on this guy instead. And you've still got Foden on the right, but maybe you've got Kovacic in the middle. You've got all these things, but I don't feel like there's an obvious, obvious reason beyond the fact that he's not very good in there 
Well, he's not terrible in there, Alvarez, but there's just a there's just a, a noticeable drop yeah. for what you really need. There's it's not it's not a no brainer to leave him out. I don't think there's any one massive solution. It's so obvious that it needs to happen. That is it for the free version of Let Me Talk. There is a lot more for members, though, for this one. If you want that, you can go over to lmtpod.com and sign up. Those shows are longer. They're ad-free. Sam, what are members getting for this one? Yeah, loads, as you say. Good news on the Grealish front. Rodri being good. The referee decisions, which probably a lot of people might have opened with, but not for us. And an audience with Carl Walker. That's all for members. Those ad-free episodes are longer and they're out earlier. You can find out more on lmtpod.com. If you want to send us an email, it's hello at lmtpod.com. We're also on Twitter, Instagram and TikTok, so just search for LMTPod on there. Thank you very much for listening. We will see you next time.